Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. I'm your host and Bravo superfan, Angela Carlson. Join me every week to recap various shows from the Bravoverse and deep dives into pop culture and entertainment news. Now let's get to it. Well, hello again, and welcome to Fluent and Bravo, where I am recapping all things in the Bravoverse, as well as entertainment news, pop culture, anything that really like tickles my fancy for the week. But today we are continuing this journey of Real Housewives of Orange County, season one, episode four, called Talk, Talk, Talk. If you want to rewatch with me, I am rewatching these on Peacock. Peacock. That's so fun to say. Peacock. Um, the episode description on Peacock's streaming service is Kimberly and Scott House Hunt. You know, I got to give this description credit because the last few have sucked. So this is nice. And Shane is not in it, which is very nice. I mean, he's in the episode, but he's not in the in the episode description. Because this is about the housewives, not the house kids. We start this episode kind of where we left off um, with last week's episode is Joe is gushing about her new job. She's like, this is my dream job. She kind of explains it, but I zoned out a little bit. It's with some sort of like lending group mortgage something. Anyway, she basically says, hey, I found my dream job. I'm so excited to be back in the workforce. And she loves it. Then we switch over to our sixth housewife, even though he really is like the fifth. I feel like he gets more screen time than Gina does this season. It's crazy. Um, so Slade really should be holding an orange in the intro. But um, we switch to Slade. We get a close up of his Hummer. We get a close up of this stupid personalized Slade Smiley license plate, which oh, it, that's crazy to me because normally on TV, don't they usually blur out the license plates? for safety reasons or because you can't it makes no sense to me why they had his license plate up but whatever he is at the Coto de casa golf club he is in a golf cart with a young woman who is his personal assistant megan slate says that now that joe has a job he just has too much stuff going on and he needs megan to pick up the slack that joe has left him which, honestly, all Joe did was pace around their empty house with a cup of coffee. So I don't know what stuff that Joe was doing before. Um, she's drinking red wine and she's just looking bored. So I don't know what Joe was doing before that's taking things off of his plate. But um, basically he says that Joe's back to work. So he is going to hire a personal assistant named Megan. Um, it then shows Slade and his buddies golfing extremely badly. And Slade saying, hey, you know what? We're rich. We don't need to be good. Well, your personality does suck, Slade, but you do make enough money to attract some women. So I'll give you that. Um, you know, they show me. I don't even know why Megan's there. Megan's there, I guess, just for to show that Slade is so busy golfing. He can't answer the one phone call that she's getting from someone that needs to see him. It makes no sense why she's there, but she's getting sexually harassed by his friends. So that's fun. He's basically like, hey, Megan, grab my balls. And then somebody says, I believe they say this. I Again, my kids were in the room with me, so I was getting interrupted a lot. But I believe one of his golf buddies is saying, hey, I want your assistant to grab my balls, too. <laughs> again, this is pre-Me Too. This is, you know, pre-cancel culture, all that stuff. But it's just so she's getting sexually harassed. She's she's adorable. She's young. I, I feel so bad for this girl. If I was this girl at her age, I would start crying and be like, I don't feel I feel gross being with these men that are just saying disgusting things to me um 
yeah, but anyway, so Slade's just talking about how rich they are and all that stuff. But you know what? Dorinda Medley, what is it that Dorinda Medley says? She says, money talks, wealth whispers. So clearly Slade is of the new money mindset where he obviously just got a kick-ass job. He fell into a great industry and he's just making money hand over fist, which good for him, but you got to stop. He feels so bad for his new assistant, Megan. She's doing this interview basically saying like, well, I hope Joe doesn't have a problem with me being Slade's new assistant. I feel like this girl lasted probably about a week with just the douchebaggery of Slade and his friends. She probably lasted one whole week there. We then skip to Joe and her friends with Joe Venning about Slade's new assistant because these two get off on making each other jealous. And it's toxic and it's gross and it's really, really hard to watch. And again, we get the same storyline of Joe being like, I want to be independent and Slade wants to keep me and he wants to just give me an allowance to spend all on myself. But then I have to stay home and not work and blah, 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 blah. Joe's dinner then gets interrupted by Slade calling her and telling her that the landscapers charged them $400 from the rabbit damage stupidest storyline in Housewives history at this point. Granted, we're going back to 2006. This is the first Housewives franchise, the first season. But so far, we're just going to keep a tally. Like every time I recap a season, what the worst storyline was of Housewives history. And this has got to be it. The rabbits damaging their flowers. We don't care. The viewers do not care. Then we are back to Vicky and Don. Uh, text scrolls down that Vicky and Don own a second house on the Colorado River. Vicky says how stressed she is, and Don tells her that other people can take things off her plate. Um, they also discuss Don being unemployed for five months and how he's looking for another job. They really do. I mean, they have tough conversations, but they seem to really, really love each other. They seem to have a good connection, and um, they seem to respect one another as well. Um Don does get frustrated because it sounds like Vicky is a control freak and she likes to do the shopping. She likes to do the cooking. She likes to do all the errands. She likes to make sure that she's in charge of who's doing all the errands. She likes to, she just likes to be in control, but then she's also starting to complain about how no one helps her. And Don's like, Hey, you just, we have three adults living in this house. Like, you know, you got your daughter, you got your son, you got me like, let's, let's get to it. So it's, um, so it's frustrating for him because he sees that she's overwhelmed and it's frustrating for her because she doesn't want to give up on the control. And I can relate to that a little bit. So next up is Lori. She talks about her friend, Steve. So Steve was watching Sophie in the car in episode two. Cause I was like, who is that guy? But we meet him here and he is a platonic friend, but clearly, <laughs> I mean, he wants more because Lori is gorgeous and he's not, he's not too bad himself. He's, he's, he's an attractive guy. He's a little on, he's a little short King. So maybe that's, what's keeping her from, from, um, you know, pursuing things seriously because, you know, again, her friend Laura Lee says she needs to lower her standards <laughs> when it comes to the looks department. Um, so she just talks about how, when she first got divorced, he was one of the first guys that she dated and, you know, he would want to be friends and she wanted more and then she would want to be friends and he wanted more. And so she's kind of explaining that dynamic. But she does say, hey, the great thing about Steve is he's a great friend and he will pick me up from the airport. Um, then uh, Steve helps her into the house with a bag and she's got a bag. So she must have gotten her luggage somehow. 
um, to her in New Orleans. Then Lori and Ashley have a very uncomfortable conversation about Ashley missing work and how pissed Vicky is. And Steve is just there. He's just there. Like, wouldn't you wait and be like, thanks, Steve. Unless Steve is waiting for a tip from Lori, if you know what I mean. Steve might be like, hey, you said your tip was up in your bedroom. You know, you know what I mean? And Lori's like, oh, you'll, you'll get your tip. But instead, they have this really uncomfortable conversation where Ashley's like, well, well I was sick and I had school and uh, I couldn't make it to work on Monday. And Lori's like, yeah, uh, Vicky's real pissed off at you. I have a feeling Steve is still waiting for his tip in 2024. He never got that tip. We are back at Vicky's with the family getting ready to go to the river. They're headed to Lake Havasu with Michael and a few of his friends. They do such a shit job packing up for this. They pretty much put all the beer in the back. It's completely loose. It's completely like just all over the place. There's no room for Don or Vicky's bags. They're throwing crap, probably scraping up the top of the car. No wonder poor Vicky is having a panic attack. Like she feels like she has to do every situation. And then poor Don gets out there who, again, favorite house husband alert. Don gets out there and he has to redo the entire packing job because these three dudes that are 19, 20 years old can't do it. It's like, come on, guys. You're getting a free trip to the lake. You're going out on the boat. You're playing with all the fun little water toys. Like, can you at least pack? Can you at least help Don and Vicky out just a little bit? I bet you didn't pay. You paid zero dollars and zero cents for any of the beer, for any of the food. Like, just you're not chipping in for gas. Like, this is a free trip for y'all. Help them out. Oh, yeah. And Brianna is working. Um, so she is staying back home by herself. Next, we focus on Kimberly. She and Scott are sitting down for dinner. And Scott has... <laughs> This man has the ugliest shirt collection ever. I don't know if it's some sort of designer that I'm not aware of. I I just cannot get past the shirts of this guy. They're so ugly. Kimberly always looks like fire. And this Scott guy is just, he's, it's just all you do is stare at his shirts. Don kind of, I, I can't be like totally oblivious. Don also has a, a horrendous, horrendous. Don and Scott obviously shop at the same Coto de casa shop or something they they clearly shop at the same ugly shirt store because why or maybe the wives buy it for them and they just wear up they're not they're all like these button down collared shirts that look they're like hawaiian but uglier than that like just the designs and the color they're not ugh. anyway don't buy your men that shirt ladies um so then they're kind of okay so then Kimberly starts kind of confiding in Scott about hey you know we were on the girls trip I got a little crazy at one point there was one guy that whispered in my ear I would do anything to take you home with me and so she's kind of you could tell that it's she's like well he's probably going to see this on reality tv so I need to just I need to tell him right now what's going on and Scott kind of seems okay you know and then um, Kimberly's like, yeah, how does that work? Like when a gigolo or a switch gigolo, who says gigolo anywhere? When a gigolo or a prostitute, like, you know, how do you, how does that even work? And Scott's like, oh girl, I'll tell you how it works. So what they do is they come up and they're like, hey, you down to party or are you down to this? Like Scott is like, Scott is telling on himself so bad in this scene. He is like, oh, okay. Well, so this is what happens. And then, so 500 is like, that is like the worst of the worst. That's like ho level. And then when you go up from there, then then the escorts get more expensive and more expensive and all this stuff. So then Kimberly's like, dang, this, this guy's giving me a lot more detail than I thought. 
So then she asks him, again, she's probably a couple drinks in, she asks him if he has ever been with a prostitute. And this is when you know Scott is lying because this is what all men do when they lie or women too. Um, but men, I've noticed when men lie, this is what they do. They go, huh? <laughs> hey, Scott, have you ever been with a prostitute? Huh? They always do the huh. It's, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear, huh? So Scott does the huh? And then she repeats it and he's like, oh yeah, no, no, I've never been with a prostitute. He's probably going, well, an escort, yes, but prostitute, no. So yeah, whenever a man says, huh, after you ask them a question, uh, they be lying. They're lying. They're trying to figure out a way to stall. They're, it's, I don't know what it is about that. Huh? Come again? What? Yep. Um, Kimberly then tells Scott that fellow housewife Gina, so we're getting some crossover finally, is going to show them some houses. We are finally, finally getting all of these women together in the same space. And I love it because so far it's only been Lori and Vicky because they work together. And then it's been Gina and Shane, the Shane show. And then it was Vicky and Gina's son when he was hunting the rabbits at her house. And then it was Kimberly and Joe. So we're finally like things now Kimberly and Gina are going to meet and show and Gina's going to show them houses. Um, the next shot is a picture of Kimberly and Scott's house, which looks we love. We love their house. It looks lived in. I've said that a million times already during this podcast. And they put the value at the bottom of the screen at one point five million, which at the time I'm sure seemed insane. But now it's like an average home price. It's ridiculous. The housing market right now. House one that they're looking at is going for three point five million. Um, they definitely want some more space as the kids get older. They say, hey, you know, when our daughter wants friends over, she can entertain when our son gets older and he has friends over he wants to entertain travis that is her son's name I finally finally it came to me i could not think of it for the life of me in the last episode his name is travis yes my brain still works i for some reason i don't have his name in my notes but he's a kid and again the house kids do not interest me that much so so Gina shows them the house there. Scott, again, is wearing like the ugliest shirt ever. He just goes from one ugly shirt to the next. Um, Scott and Kimberly love the house, but it's too expensive at 3.5. And this is, why wouldn't you tell Gina what your price range is before she goes out and shows you these homes? Unless it's just for the cameras, unless it's just for your storyline and the cameras. Like, why wouldn't you say, hey, girl, two point, like one million is a big difference when it comes to houses. You got 3.5 or 2.5. But anyway, they're talking about how 2.5 would be better for them. Um, they love it. Just it's too expensive. And then house number two is 3.4 million. Because again, apparently they did not tell Gina Keo what their price range was. So she's showing them another three and a half million dollar home. Uh, again, they love it, but it's too expensive. And they basically say that, you know, they could probably afford a bigger house, and a more expensive home, but then Kimberly would have to give up private school for the kids and she'd have to give up lessons for the kids and she'd have to give up lessons for her and she'd have to give up Pilates for her. When Scott's basically saying, hey, I'd rather give up all that crap and have a bigger house, but it is what it is. And then Gina invites them to her friends and clients barbecue. That is the next day. And they decide and Kimberly and Scott decide to go. Next, we switch to Gina's house with Shane and his friend playing basketball. Shane then confesses that he is a virgin, which I think that's really, really cool. I think that was very cool in 2006 to say that. Um, 
I think that that makes other teenagers not feel so pressured to um, give it up, so to speak. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool and actually kind of, I don't know, you guys might think I'm stupid, but it was kind of brave of him to share that especially being a guy, because that's like a guy's guy thing. So I thought that was really cool. He basically says that he's really picky um, and that he what he finds attractive um, in a woman, he likes a big butt. And then we go to a pool table with Shane's friend Morgan and some other platonic friend. That's who I would be in a reality show. I always think I'm like, would I ever be the subject of a reality TV show? No, I'd probably be like an, like just a side character that nothing was happening around and I'd be too shy to say anything in front of the camera. So I, I related to that other third, the other third party in that scene because it was Shane and his friend Morgan who he's known since he was like a little baby. Um, and they're talking and he's like, Hey, any luck with girls? And she's like, no, or sorry, any luck with boys? And she's like, no, um, boys suck. And she's like, what about you? And then they start talking about how she's been hearing things about other moms liking, liking the Shane, which is just, okay. Yes. He's 18. Yes. He's legal, but it's still gross. Like, no, no. And basically Shane's just like, that's not my that's nothing to do with me. That's that's on them. So we start talking about the MILF conversation, which we all know what MILF stands for, uh, which that was really, really big in 2006. And that was, well, I, I feel like it was still overused in 2006 because when did American Pie come out? Because that was kind of where MILF was generated from. And I think that came out in 99, 2000, one of those. And that's where MILF sort of became like this everyday term that people would use but yeah even so we're starting to talk about the milf element um next we're on lake havasu where vicky talks about their home that's half a million dollars there they which again it's a nice house that's pretty much where i live it's like the standard is five hundred thousand. if you want anything it's like a standard one three bedroom two bath house uh, with just a little yard is five hundred thousand. it's ridiculous right now Um, But at the time, 2006, I'm sure that was a lot of money and it's probably worth a million now. They're packing up the coolers to go on the boat when Vicky asked Michael to put sunscreen on her back, which why she didn't she didn't ask Don. I don't know because that's I don't know. I, I don't think my my boys are young right now, but I don't think even when they're when they're teenagers and they're not going to want to rub stuff on their mom's back. Um, and Vicky, so Michael is like, gross, I don't want to touch you. So he just like squirts a bunch of sunscreen on her back. <laughs> he definitely was like, I do not. And plus she had a bikini top on. Like, and I'm not saying there was anything, there was no ill intentions, but it's just like, ew, you know, like you just, when you're, when you're a teenage boy, you, that's the last place you want to do is like, touch your mom's back with sunscreen right you don't nobody likes touching anybody with sunscreen anyway it's like messy and pasty like i love that spray sunscreen stuff that's what i use for my kids um you know so it's (laughs) that's just yeah so he's like squirting in our back so he doesn't have to touch her which i loved i enjoyed i enjoy michael he's a funny kid and um and then vicky proceeds to rub her back go up to her brother or she proceeds to go up to Michael's friends and she has all this extra sunscreen on her back, obviously, because Michael just like squirted the tub on her without really rubbing it in. And so then she goes up to Michael's friends 
and she starts putting her back on them. And then she, in the meantime, and like in her confessional, she's talking about, wow, I'd like to be a MILF. I think that'd be cool to be a, be a MILF of my kids. Like, Vicky, no, no, you're losing me, girl. Like, I loved you in the first couple episodes and you're losing me right now. It's just so very much screams of, I want attention. I want attention. I want attention. And of course, the boys are just like gross, like get away from me, lady. You know, the one friend was much nicer and he's like, okay, don't do that. And then the other friend was like, don't you freaking dare come near me with that back with the sunscreen. I don't want you touching me. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, Next, they are on the boat. They're talking about all the water sports, how they have a jet ski and they're water skiing and all the fun stuff. And then next, we are following Kimberly, who is planning her son Travis's birthday um, of him turning seven. And the party is just madness. Again, I know. No, if I want to watch kids being crazy, I'll watch John and Kate plus eight. If I want to watch kids being crazy, I'll watch the first couple seasons of Sister Wives. I This is so not fun. Um, they show, oh crap, and now I forgot Kimberly's daughter's name. They show her helping out a lot with the party. It's just a silly string and water guns and craziness. And it's just, it's a lot. So that scene actually was way longer than it needed to be. I felt like that scene lasted 40 minutes of the 44, which of course I'm over-exaggerating, but it could have just been like a five second, like here's our birthday party. They do whiplash for everything else. We don't need three minutes of a kid's birthday party. We just don't. Um, But I did like how relatable it was. It was very, it did seem low key compared to other housewives birthday parties of the past. And I'll, I'll give it to her, you know? Next up is Lori. She is going to pick up, hopefully, Josh from Juvenile Hall. Lori leaves without Josh, though, because of some sort of oversight with, I think, one of the lawyers or one of the counselors. Um, So she's really frustrated. She's like, hey, he should be out. But because of someone else's mistake, he has to stay at least through the weekend for for another hearing. So she gets home to Ashley... (laughs) Sorry, poor Lori. You feel so bad for her. You really do. Because this woman cannot get a day that is easy ever, ever. Granted, she had a very privileged life before her divorce, it sounds like, but it sounds like it was also an extremely toxic relationship. So, you know, you get one thing, but you pay for another type of thing. And you just feel so bad for her because the same day she's going to pick up her son from juvenile hall but then he ends up so of course he's upset and she's just thinking about the burden of of him being so upset because he's not out yet she's on her way home from this whole mental horribleness of of having to leave her son again um over the weekend in jail she then goes home and she sees ashley who is like looking for her car and so Lori goes well that's kind of a big thing to lose find out her car gets repoed because she's not making the payments on it so she's on the phone she's like Ashley you know how how did you not pay this why did you not and Ashley's like well mom I don't like what's this and she's like I don't know I don't I'm not in your bank account you moron like Ashley's just an idiot like all over the place and yes she is only 20 at 20, I never had a car repoed and I've owned vehicles since I was 16. I've never had a car repoed. Just, just the lack of responsibility is just in, 
insane. So she hits her car repoed. And of course, they're like Lori's on the phone with the bank. And then Ashley gets on the phone with the bank. And Ashley seems really upset with Lori. And so they're in the car. And you can just tell that Lori's about ready to bail her out because she's like, I need her to have a car because I cannot between work, Josh, her seven-year-old daughter, Sophia. It's like she cannot, the woman, you just feel so bad for her because she is so, (laughs) she's so stressed to the max. And oh God, I just feel so bad for her. It does seem like she, the woman cannot get a break. Um, Back to Vicky and fam on the lake. They get pulled over by a police boat and they are partying and Don has had some beers and he's starting to freak out because, of course, they can do breathalyzers and um, they want to do a full boat safety check, make sure they have all their equipment. And of course, you know, Don is freaking out because he can't find one of the things. And Vicky is trying to flirt and she's kind of being like obnoxious, trying to flirt away out of the of just kind of hoping that she'll go, okay, off. And they'll go, oh, you know what? You are so gorgeous and you are flirting with us so much and you are so hot and we are going to just ride into the sunset and not worry about you. And it's and she's like, yeah, it wasn't working. Yeah, no kidding. So Dawn is basically telling Vicky to shut the bleep up, which I don't agree with men speaking to women like that. Again, Dawn, Dawn, I love you, but your ugly shirts and talking to Vicky. But then again, Vicky was being really annoying and Dawn was probably panicked. He was like, they could give me a breathalyzer test. They could give everyone on this boat a breathalyzer test. And I'm pretty sure Michael and his friends are still underage at this point and they could all be going to jail for the night. Um, So Dawn was rightfully pissed off, but he didn't need to really talk to Vicky like that. Um, Back to Lori and her relationship with Sophia. She has a talk with Josh and they're discussing a plea deal with him. And it just shows her like in a nice mom moment. It seems very calm because Ashley's probably not there. So good for her. She seems like she has a really good relationship with, you know, she does is much of a pushover as she is. She does seem like a really loving, caring mom who cares about her kids. Back to Gina's for the day um, of her barbecue, her friends and clients party. We are finally getting all five of these women and Slade in the same spot. And it is exciting. It only took us four episodes to get here, but we're here. Shane points out that Slade. Oh, okay. So Vicky is there along with Don. Don, again, is in kind of a gross shirt. Um, God, him and Scott need to stop shopping at the same spot. And, um, Scott, again, is wearing one of the ugliest shirts I've ever seen. So is Don. They got him in every color, apparently. Um, the wives are a mingling. And Slade and Joe come over as well as Lori. So finally, four episodes. We got Gina. We got Kimberly. We've got Vicky. We've got Joe. And we got Lori all in the same spot, right? Gina, Lori, Vicky, Kimberly, Joe. Okay. I got them all. Five. Um, we finally got them all there. So Gina is sitting at the table with Shane. And Shane definitely is like, hello, Joe. He sees how hot she is. And he is like, and honestly, you can kind of tell like the sexual chemistry. Now, I remember watching this show at the time when it first aired back in 2006, a million bajillion years ago. And I remember thinking that this relationship was so inappropriate. I'm like, that is, again, I think I was closer to, I might be a little bit young. I might have been a little bit younger than Joe. But I remember just going, ooh, an 18-year-old. That seems so, but maybe I was thinking Shane was still in high school at the time, but he is an legal adult. And so now it's not as creepy. I'm like, okay, six years. She is closer in Shane's age than she is to Slade. So I guess it's not that creepy. Um, but I just remember at the time being so creeped out by, but now it's, it's, it seems fine to me. So there's definitely some sexual chemistry between the two of them. 
Shane, so all of the wives are kind of hanging out at a table and Gina and, and Shane are sitting next to each other and you see Slade. Now, granted, Slade and Joe also brought Grayson. Grayson is nowhere to be found in any of these scenes. So I don't know who's watching Grayson. I don't know what room they have him locked up in. I'm, I, I don't see them with a nanny watching him so i don't know where grayson is but they show slade and joe at their own table like off to the side so they're not really mingling with other people and so gina is sitting at the table with shane and she can tell that shane's looking at joe and shane points out that slade won't leave her side he's so intimidated by her it's unbelievable Shane, did I just start liking you again? I, I do. I, this episode, I really like Shane. I like the fact that he admitted that he was a virgin. I I think that's so cool that he, you know, I, I love someone that's authentic to themselves and doesn't feel peer pressured to do something because everyone else is doing it. Um, I don't like the rabbit killing, but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, and but I do love the fact that he point. Yes, yes. Shane Slade Smiley is an insecure douchebag galore. So I love the fact that he noticed that right away. Um, Joan, Joe finally makes her way to the other wives. Slade, of course, still sort of hangs out there. So all the wives are at the same table. So now we have them at the same party at the same table. This is getting exciting. We start figuring out relationships. Slade is still there. He's not sitting down, but he's like, he won't leave. Like, go hang out with Don. Go hang out with Scott. Go hang out with anyone but the wives. Like, you are so thirsty, Slade. Anyway, so he's kind of behind Lori and he's kind of standing up and he's talking about how their wedding date is 7-7-2007, which those were really big wedding dates, by the way. I got married in 2008 and I remember people were like, you should get married on 8-8-08. And I'm like, that's August and that's going to be hot. And that's like prime wedding season. (laughs) Uh, No, thank you. But yeah, I remember all those dates like 6-6-6. Well, maybe 6-6-6 wasn't like a big one, but 5-5-5-4-4-4. Like all of those dates were very, very big. Um, when it was happening. Um, but they're getting married in 7-7-2007 because Joe wants to go over budget. Slade's like bragging to the wives going, you know, I gave her $100,000 for the wedding. I said, $100,000, you spend it any way you want, Joe, because I'm amazing and I am rich and I am such a great catch. Okay. He wasn't saying that stuff, but you know what I mean? So Joe finally, um, so she's telling the wives and they're holding off the wedding until 7-7-2007. And Slade's like, well, did you tell them why? Did you tell them why? It's because I had a $100,000 budget and you wanted to go over budget. And Joe's like, oh, my God, Slade, that is not what happened. Um, and then he's just kind of hanging, hanging around. And he just keeps talking. And then Lori, oh, she must be attracted to him somehow. Again, you know, her friend, Laura Lee Lorelai says, you need to lower your standards no Lori you need to up your standards because then she asked Slade oh do you have a brother oh yuck um Joe then looks at Shane and asks if he kills rabbits um and then he has like the most awkward laugh ever And then Joe and her confessional is like, oh, yeah, I heard that there was a cute guy that killed rabbits. And I was like, ooh, cute guy at the table, you. And Shane has a very awkward laugh. I can tell why the guy is still single because it was like, oh, there's a cute girl asking me. So anyway, the sun is setting and all the wives have officially met each other. And all is right with the world. All is right 
with Real Housewives of Orange County season one. Next up, Shane is, you know, that you think that would be like the perfect place to end this show is just them in the sunset laughing. But no, they want to do this extra scene. So the sun, um, the sun is coming up the next day and Shane is coming over with his gun to meet Joe and kill those wabbits. Joe then gushes about how good looking Shane is. And um, they definitely have like this sexually charged meeting where she's like, hey, it's thanks so much for coming over. And Shane's like, yeah, no problem. You know, you can tell like his eye contact is just like, oh, my God, she's so pretty. And just like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Um, then Joe goes to show Shane the backyard where all the bunny damage is. Um, then they have a very flirty combo. He is teaching her how to shoot the gun um she is making little like sex jokes and flirty jokes and she is again with the guns she's pointing the gun all over the freaking place like please if you're going to handle guns take a course take a safety course don't be just tossing around guns willy-nilly um yeah never point a gun where you don't plan to shoot so don't ever like just take a safety course please this is just giving me so much anxiety and preferably take a safety course from someone that's not an 18 year old boy (sighs) anyway um they are out in the front they're still talking she's waving a gun around thinking it's funny again joe you're losing me this episode you are my favorite but now Lori, i think is taking your place um they have they're out in front and then you see slave driving in a stupid butt hummer he's driving up in his hummer and he meets shane again um and then after shane leaves slade calls out joe so joe goes into his like office in the house and he calls her out for swinging a gun around and flirting with an 18 year old and this is what really pissed me off is he goes oh yeah with elmer fudd over there okay i already used that joke in a previous podcast so obviously my joke was not funny the elmer fudd joke because slade said it and it was not funny when slade said it so i guarantee it wasn't funny when i said it and now i'm really pissed off at myself more than anything else so and anyway they end the episode with yet another joe versus slade fight she's basically like you're being ridiculous and these two absolutely i will say it again and i will say it again they absolutely get off on making each other jealous all right that's it that was episode four of season one of real housewives of orange county join me next week where we recap episode five we are halfway through the first season folks this is exciting and uh if you can please subscribe if you like this episode and you like pop culture and bravo recaps and all the things and give me a five-star review i love five-star reviews they are awesome they are amazing you can give me a four star but you need to tell me that i'm pretty first all right thank you so much i hope you join me next time for episode five things are starting to get juicy in the oc orange juicy oh wow that was a really orange juicy that was a bad joke and one that slate smiley probably wouldn't have even made so hope to uh hope you tune in next time bye